Escaping Development Hell. It's this game where with him, Ashley, and me, Chris. Hello, everyone. Yay! Took the words out of my mouth. What's that about? <laughs> I just thought I'd yeah. just do some different. Mix it up. Okay, cool. I liked it. Thank you. Found something out about myself. What was that? I don't know if we should dig into it on my on mic. I think <laughs> that's a conversation for you and me afterwards. It's all a bit psychiatrist couch. A little bit, yeah. Mm. A bit Freudy. Oh no, no, not Freudy. Oh yeah, a bit Freudy. <laughs> You've really got into that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it after. Come on, all right. Let's move on. All right. You all right? I'm all right. I was. I am. Cool. I'm still. I'm Good. still. Revelations shouldn't rock me, should they? Not. I should not be able to roll with that. Them. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Are you? You yeah. all right? Yeah. 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 Ho- Hopeless is okay as well. Boo. No, not boo. Um, is, there any, is there any gossip before we go into the game? Any news? What sort of gossip? Don't know. Just anything to catch up on. No, nope. me and you are going to Leeds in a couple of weeks. We are. Have we talked about that on the um, on the old? I think show? so. It's not really yeah. relevant, is it? Well, not really. No. We're going to go have a meat feast, not a pizza. Yeah, we are. A literal meat feast, a feast of meats. Mm. How many are there? Sixteen. Fifteen. Ah, oh, I guessed. Are we? Are you right? Have you been? You've been looking. I've been girding my loins in anticipation. Have you? Good. I'm going to gird my bowel. Is that how that works? I don't know. No, no, no. One <laughs> Might cut that. that. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you well, should. I'll listen to it after and see what I think. Okay. Okay. Cool. What's the yeah. game this week, Chris? Well, this week, the movie's with John. This week, it is this game where you work on a desert island. You try to thwart your enemy, and it links to my last game, James Pond. Is it aquatic themed? No, it isn't. Uh, I, I've ditched that theme. I just I, when I was planning what I wanted to do this week, I thought well, I did James Pond a couple of weeks ago. I, I quite like the idea of some um, symbiosis—not symbiosis, the wrong word—some sort of uh, lineage between the two games. Synergy. Yeah, synergy. Yeah, synergy. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is uh, off the top of my head. Is it a Mega Drive game? Nope. Mm. It's nothing to do with James Pond. It's just just got a bit of the same DNA. Okay, no, go on, put me out of my misery. Evil Genius. Oh, right, okay. How does it share DNA? I don't know the the heritage. Because Evil Genius, you, you're controlling Evil Genius, and the guy on the front cover is very similar to Dr... Uh, not Dr. No, very similar to, to Blofeld. And... Right, so the oh, no, answer is, in no, no way. In well, no way is it linked. Well, James... is that, is, that's what your answer is. James Pond was obviously a James Bond parody and the background yeah. was, was Dr. Maybe. So Yeah. And he's also a James Bond baddie. Um and in in Evil Genius, it's all about thwarting James Bond's type people as you build your yeah. base. And yep. there's a few okay. really, I thought is... you were going to tell me something really interesting and cool well, about the developers or something like that, but actually what you've done is make a tenuous link between the two games through James Bond. That's that's my that's my cross I would on it. Awesome. I did okay. find a couple of tenuous things to James Pond actually during my note taking uh, note finding out. So uh, you know, strap yourself in for that. I'd have led with those. Oh, um, yeah. Well, you're a better journalist than I am. So there we go. I better. I'm not a journalist. We are journalists. You... Come on. Oh, oh yeah. All right. Fine. We're journalists. We're journalists. <laughs> we're, we're white middle aged men. We can claim whatever we like, can't we? <laughs> claim whatever space we want. <laughs> we're journalists now, me and Chris. Way. 
it's it's more we're more journalists than carpenters okay but we're neither we're neither of those things all right we're 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 potty hosts pop pods we're definitely yeah we are that all right that self-appointed less so than journalists okay i'm gonna move on evil genius is a 2004 man sim slash rts hybrid yeah it is and uh in the same manner of, of faulty towers uh don't mention Dungeon Keeper. Don't mention Dungeon Keeper while talking about Evil Genius. I never played Dungeon Keeper, so that was never a problem for me. Come on. Apparently they're similar. You do the same thing, you make a base. Yeah, it's it's very, very similar. Dungeon Keeper, you make a base in medieval, fancy Dungeons and Dragons type trappings. Evil Genius, you make a base to thwart the enemies coming in in a kind of James Bond 1960s, 70s retro kind of vibes. Right. Yeah, it is sort of 60s, almost Austin Powersy. So there are the, definitely those um, links to James Bond and his heritage. But I think when I was playing this, it was definitely the era of Austin Powers. Mm, yeah. I think, well, the game's came out in 2004, which a gold member was 2003. Uh, the the yeah. week it stood the three, in my honest opinion. Uh, but the first two Austin Powers films were very, very good. I did actually put in my notes about one of the, when you're making your um bases one of them is set in a hollowed out volcano which is i i could not play without not thinking of dr evil and his hollowed out volcano base which itself is a reference to the ludicrous idea of that happening in james bond which um, i talked a few weeks ago about the love and let die book i read recently talking about the beatles and james bond and it's saying yeah. that about how that volcano bit is is just so odd as a concept which it is yeah yep it really is very much so yep yeah, the, you said about the 60s, 70s kind of style. It's The art style is very reminiscent, I thought, as well. A similar kind of thing to The uh, Incredibles. And I looked into that, and that art style and sort of the, the way of presenting it is, is called The Atomic Age, which I didn't realise. Okay, yeah. Yeah. All this kind of like 1950s. It's sort of like the, the way the presentation of like The Sims, for example, it's that kind of like it's yeah. retro The 2.4 children... What is it? The atomic? They call it the atomic family. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's probably within the same thing as well. Yeah, but there you go. Yeah, so, uh, cool. Like yep. yeah, fifty, fifties, sixties. Yeah, how how the culture, how, how the fifties and sixties perceived what the future would be like in in the year two thousand when we mm. were flying around in cars or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So Evil Genius very much taps into that. It is also a PC game. Now, full disclosure at the top of the episode, I never actually played the full game of this. What do you mean by that? I had, well, this is a... Uh, you didn't bit... own the game. You didn't access no, 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 the full no. game. You had some kind of demo. Yeah, I had a demo. It's a bit, okay. of, a, bit of a sad story. Um, when I first went to university in the autumn of 2004, back when I was a nipper, um i was i was in halls of residence you uh, went to university at uh, was it seven seven years old a uh, little bit older than that i oh. was eight i was eight and i went you to university eight. i was in the halls of residence and i was in halls of residence with people that uh, uh weren't really what well, was on the same page as them um so i spent a lot of time just just in my room feeling a bit sorry for myself and uh, I downloaded the demo of evil genius because it came out this time because i ha- had a laptop it was the first time i had kind of my own machine yeah could, you know yeah well, i wasn't showing my family and having to kind of you know oh, i want to do some work uh chris get off the pc i had my own laptop so i, I could download i was watching also because it was it was in the lead up to san andreas coming out i was watching a lot of videos about san andreas getting myself all pumped up for that coming out 
as well. Great, and, um, lovely. And the keys still worked on the laptop, yeah. Dirty boy. And Evil Genius came out around the same sort of time, and I downloaded the demo of it and played it quite a lot while feeling a bit sad. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did have the full game of this. Did you? Yes. Also, at this point, it'd probably be prudent to mention we're talking about the game, uh, not the Netflix crime documentary, also called Evil uh, Genius, because when I first Googled oh, that... Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Have, you, have you watched that? I'd never heard of it. Um, it's the one about the lady who... I think it's the one about the lady. I think I might have, but it was a while ago. Let me just double check. You carry on and I'll it's, double check and see if I've uh, listen, uh, seen it. It's not the I've one about the it. big yeah, pole. I've seen it. I've seen that one. Yeah, it's a weird one, that one. She, Is it? She like, tells a load of lies oh. about a, a scenario and um, sort of half gets away with it, but doesn't really. Cool. Yeah, she tricks a guy into robbing a bank or something. Oh, how she do that? I can't remember. Oh. And they all they, bleed into one, don't they? Yeah, they do. My my Netflix true crime, well, not even crime, my, my Netflix documentary begins with making a murder and ends with Tiger King, as most people's okay. does, I imagine. I didn't know about that. Everyone was into Jeffrey Dahmer, weren't they? For a bit. Yeah. The game is developed by a company called Elixir, who were a British developer founded by Demi Hassaby. Demi Hassaby worked at Lionhead. So we've got a, yeah. So we've got a Dungeon Keeper link there because Peter Molyneux's last game at Bullfrog before setting up Lionhead was Dungeon Keeper. Yeah, that one's slightly tenuous. He didn't work at Bullfrog, did he? Well, he had also worked at Bullfrog at the age of 17 on Theme Park. So not on Dungeon Keeper. So not on Dungeon Keeper. You're, re- no. you're, da- you're dancing around <laughs> the actual key point. <laughs> yeah, but... Demi Hassaby is now a UK government AI advisor and one of the UK's top neuroscientists, and he was named as one of Time Magazine's top 100 most influential people of 2017. And he made this game. How cool is that? That's, that is cool. Yeah. I will just do a double check because we spent half an episode one time talking about a man who it turned out wasn't the man that we weren't meant to be talking about. Do you remember that one? David D- Jones Dave, or Dave Perry? Dave Perry, it was, yeah. Uh, it's, so it we is, were talking about... It is definitely this guy, I promise. I did okay. my due diligence. Right. Nice one. Thank Elix- you for doing that. Elixir were based in London from 1998 to 2005 and only ever made two games, which were Evil Genius from 2004 and Republic the Revolution. Yeah, which looked really good. on. Uh, it came out on the Xbox 360 and I think on the PS3 and looked really good, but um, then came out and got middle reviews. Oh, so you'd, you've heard of this game then? I'd never heard of it. Yeah. It's spelled Re- Republic, isn't it? Mm, no. No? Or oh, maybe I'm thinking of a different one. I was just going to say, they, they fall 2005, so if it came out on the Xbox 360, it can't do, can it? 360 was... was no, that... I'm, th- I'm thinking of a different game, I guess. Right. Well, Repub- I am thinking of a different game. Republic the Revolution was a political simulation, so I'm now touting the name Polysim, to put it out there. The game has you overthrow the government of a fictional Eastern European country. Yeah, not the same game. Not the same. Okay. At the time of closure in 2005, sequels to both these games were being worked on, but the IPs for both Evil Genius and Republic the Revolution were bought by, if I can pronounce it, Rebellion Developments. Mm. So, hold on to that for the, uh, the, the, the second half. So, the gameplay of the game, you 
are a villain. It's one of those games where you're the bad guy trying to take over the world from within your tropical island base. Um, I've put in my notes Doctor Evil vibes, which I mentioned already. The whole time you're sort of there's like two sort of gameplay styles a balance. You've got the management sim aspect of it, and then you've also got the world domination aspect of it. So the management sim side is what they do. They turned lair management. So you've got to make yeah. sure your your minions and henchmen are all hunky-dory. So you've got to create and build mess halls for them. You've got to create and build laboratories for them. You've got to make sure they're generally okay. At the same time, you've also got to place traps for the spies that will attempt to enter your base to stop you from being a bad guy. The flip side of that, I said the other gameplay style, is the world domination thing, where you have a screen where you have to send the minions out to commit crimes. So it might be destroying an art gallery, or it might be doing something else i can't really quite remember and i think the balance is that the happier the minions are from how you create the base and how good your base is the better and the more effective they are at world domination so that the two gameplay styles do marry up together um i'm not sure about that you're not sure i think okay. there are things that you have to have to build to feed into being able to do more in on the world map right so like you might have to be able to sustain a certain level of some kind of resource maybe energy or something like that but for the most part i believe they are separate they do kind of feed into each other so i think that you have to upgrade your base to be able to bring new minions into the base so like like the, the employment number is is capped at a certain amount and then as you do something better the employment number goes up and you can then bring new people in whether you have to bring them in from outside um through missions or something i'm not sure but what i remember of it is that you used to go out and you you'd like plot things mm-hmm. and and you do that in the world and you try and and uh, make things happen in the world i can't really remember how i don't i don't think there's that much impact between the two i think oh, they're quite you? separate okay but I, maybe i'm just wrong on that mm. we'll find out that's what this is for it's, it's the whole point of the body Mm. The thing I remember with the the spies is the traps that you have to set for them to like. The, there's like spikes that come down from the ceiling, or lasers, or something like that. There's, and there's all manner of weird and wonderful traps. So it's quite. Is there a gas five. chamber? Uh, maybe, possibly. It sounds plausible. Pretty bleak. Mm. Yeah, it is. You then, that. Is it right that you the the, the gas chamber and various different. Um, traps like you can capture them alive and then you can torture them oh that does sound familiar you can interrogate them possibly <clears throat> i can't remember no. well, so this is maybe the time to say i've played the sequel ah, because it's on xbox right. game pass yeah um so i played that and maybe some of what i remember is bleeding in from there possibly i think you can definitely interrogate in that Okay. Okay. Uh, I've thought about the, the spies. We've talked about the James Bond link uh, uh, before already. Um, one of the things that jumped out at me when I was looking into the game is the um, ridiculous acronyms that the groups of uh, countries that are trying to take over your base have. So in James Bond, you've got Spectre, and Spectre has 
oh, I can't remember the top of my head what it's an acronym for, but it's something really tenuous that's obviously been created to kind of, oh, we, we, Spectre sounds cool, let's try and make something, almost like a, a backronym. They've, they've worked backwards. Mm. And they've got, in, in this one, there's one, for example, called Patriot, which is the Pacific territories like Japan and North America. And I imagine Patriot probably stands for something tenuous. Um, I thought it was just quite a nice little touch there. Yeah. Um, so the the music of the game it was created by a chap called James Hannigan, who has worked on loads of films and games, including Harry Potter. Now I don't know if that's the Harry Potter any of the games or any of the films, but we talked to the James Pond episode a couple of weeks ago about Eddie Joseph working on some of the Harry Potter films. So did we? Maybe we okay. did. Eddie Joseph was the brother of the brother Joseph who made the music. Who also for James worked Bond. on James Bond. Yep. So. It's not impossible, their paths have crossed, but James Hannigan, while, well, not while creating, James Hannigan at some point in his career spent a lot of time working at Pinewood Studios, which we know from our James Pond episode, had a audio interactive studio set up by Richard Joseph, who is the person who made the music for James Pond, so there's another nice link there. Yep. James Hannigan was also nominated for a BAFTA in 2004 for the music for Evil Genius, and he said... Um, after the fact that he really enjoys the music's uniqueness all right then so something to listen out for um how long yeah. to beat has this pegged out 27 hours for this game which seems massive yeah i mean yeah maybe M- massiver than you thought or massiver than other games at the time what are you uh, getting at bit of both really massiver is yeah good. massive not worth <laughs> um I don't know that 27 hours, if you if you think, if you compare it to like Age of Empires or something like that, how long were they? I, I feel like know. they weren't on for ages, but maybe that's just me misremembering again. I, I think know, 27 I, hours is fine. doesn't theme, feel... Theme Hospital, I don't think was 27 hours. That's the kind of... No, the but that is but 10 years slighter. almost. Mm, yeah. A decade's worth of... Um, of Mansim. Of forward movement, yeah. And actually, things were tending towards the longer side by 2004, weren't they? PlayStation 2 was very definitely on the scene, and RPGs were skewing the numbers quite mm. considerably towards well, length. I mentioned San Andreas a few minutes ago. That was um, yeah, exactly. absolutely enormous. I had gameplay out the wazoo, didn't it? Yeah, and actually, that's only really continued in terms of like games as a live, the live service thing. I remember when they, they were uh, starting to talk about that in the late noughties, so not terribly long after this. And mm. now the whole idea is to try and demand everybody's attention for as long as as possible, keep them playing day in, day out. So 27 hours in the grand the grand pa- uh, panorama of gaming isn't really that it's long, light. I guess. Uh, the game has got a 75% review on Metacritic at the time of recording. And that's all I've got to say about Evil Genius. Great, time to play. Let's go. Yeah. One million dollars. I went like Dracula, didn't I? I was trying to dodge evil. Whatever you were doing, it definitely wasn't a Doctor Evil. What was? What was his voice? One million. No, that's not it either. 
No. I think it's better that you just keep guessing. Throw me a freaking bone here. That's better. You sounded more like Tony Soprano. <laughs> it's been said before. Yeah, loads of times, I bet. <laughs> if there's one thing, uh, if there's one person that conjures up a, a gangster from New York or New Jersey, it's you. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Right. He said putting his thumbs up like a <laughs> schmuck. Like a cool guy. Anyway, I did Dots Revil because I because of uh, Evil Genius, which we've just played. Yeah, I played the Dr. Evil type character who was in a grey suit and had a monocle and bald. That sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I think I'd forgotten that that character was in there and that kind of feels... I mean, I suppose it's very... He's the main guy. What's his name? Scaramanga or what's the one that strokes the cat? Um... Blofeld. Is it? Yeah. Scaramanga's the, the three nipples. Christopher Lee. Okay, so Blofeld. Blofeld? Nah, Blofeld's the big baddie guy, isn't he? The spectre guy. Yeah. Ball, the guy bald that, guy, the guy, the guy with that cat. So that's Blofeld, is it? Mm-hmm. Bald guy with cat? In the originals, yeah. In the new ones, it's Christopher Waltz. Bald guy with cat is just throwing up Dr. Evil. Jams Bond. No, James Bond, not Jams. Yeah, Ernst Stavro Blofeld. That's there the you one. go. There we go, then. And I played as the somewhat problematic uh, Asian guy. Yeah. Dispensing. 2004. Tra- mm. And we've still got the Fu Manchu type people with the accompanying accent. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not yeah. going to pass any further comments. I'm just going to park that there, do a big sigh, and let's move on. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, it 2004. is. 2004. It is weird that this was still happening in 2004. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Carry on. Right. What's the game like? In well, I'll tell you what I think the game's like. The game is a very, very fine balancing act. And as soon plate spinning, I think I used that a few weeks ago or recently. And as, yeah. as soon as you drop one of those plates, you are snookered. And it, then you've got to then get that plate spinning again in order to be unsnookered. And then by the time you've un, you've got one of those plates back again, another plate's probably going to have gone. And it's a very fine balancing act, I found. The plates spin really slowly, though, as well. <laughs> they do. To add to that analogy that you said about somebody reviewing it and talking about how the you sometimes get stuck waiting for stuff to happen mm-hmm. and that was my experience all of my plates were still spinning at all times i didn't ever grind to a halt but this, they they spin so slowly that it has quite a significant impact on how quickly the game plays it's 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 so slow it felt so unbelievably like... slow it felt about like one of those games, like a, a freemium type game, where you've got to, in order to yeah. do something, you've got to wait a really long time to get the money or in order to do it, or you can pay to bypass that. It felt like that mechanic, but without the paying to bypass it, you have to just wait. So the the main, the, well, the only way to make money in the game, as far as we could find, um, was to send minions out on the world map to commit, um, what were they called? Genocides and things. Yeah, it was wrapped up in a more cuddly name than that. Bad things. But yeah, that's just 
bad, bad things. And by doing those bad things, they would earn you X amount. And it was, I had a couple in Australia doing some crimes and that, and they were earning me £8,000 every 60, $8,000, sorry, every 60 seconds, which when you're... That was 800. Was eight, yeah, it was, you're right, actually, it was 800. It was 800, that's, that's the thing. If it was 8,000 every 60 seconds, that would have greased the wheels ever so slightly. But I was earning, um, I had half of my minions deployed out overseas and between them i think they were earning 3200 and that's from 12 yeah minions deployed in different places frequently they were getting caught by the by the good guys and then kicked out which then meant i had to retrain some so if i did that for free it cost it cost nothing but it also took 60 seconds um so i was constantly in this cycle of deploying losing remaking deploying losing remaking minions over and over again to try and keep my money coming in on top of that there was the command module thing where you had to have them manned in order to make that money yeah so you had to have there were six minions minimum needed in order to create a big impact in australasia and the areas around that so i had to have six minions minimum in there i could only have 16 minions at a time because we found out through trial and error that the the minions the number of minions you had was dictated by the number of lockers you had in the barracks which didn't really seem to make any sense so you had to then do that and then so so out of the 16 minions i've got I've only actually got 10 of them free at any point because six of them have to be glued to this control panel in order to actually do anything. So then I've got 10 minions, right out of these 10 minions. I'm going to want a handful still on my island in order to be building things and actually keeping mm. the island ticking over. Let's say five of them. Then I've only actually got five on the map earning stuff. That's Those five aren't going to make a great deal. So my money was, was just my mini my money was spiraling downwards and downwards and downwards we did get yeah. a hotel unlock which we seem to which we think was presumably you'd build a hotel that would act as a front in order to make money on the desert island which is a nice idea but the hotel itself was also very very expensive so you, you kind of can't really afford to actually build it in the first place yep true i'm i'm booting the game back up I've i'm gonna it's popped be up honest. saying you're you're playing yes yeah. um i'm booting it up because I just want to see what impact we can. We're going to carry on talking. I'm going to okay. sort of see if I can do some stuff. But I wanted to see what impact it would have if I just build a bunch of lockers and and get loads and loads of of minions as fast as I can. So I'll tell you as soon as I know. So minions is your main kind of your, your main currency, I suppose. Kind of keep keeping as, as many of them going and and sort of carrying out everything you can do but you've also got the power as well so i had at one point my, my base was using it too much power and everything just shut down all the lights went out and then i'd managed to mm. capture someone that i assumed was a spy she was unable to break out because obviously the power had gone out so then i had to then build a power room in order to create generators to get the power back up but but at this point loads of my minions were out earning me money on the world map so i had to recall them back off the world map to come back and build these power generators and i basically as i've said i think there is and i assume for the people that enjoy playing this game and i'm not saying i don't enjoy playing this game but i think there is a satisfaction to be had in managing micromanaging all these systems at the same time and i think if you were able to do that that would give you a real rush um me playing it tonight i didn't quite find that sweet spot yeah i'm not sure that i did either it's um 
That's why I've booted it up again to see if we're just making just to make sure that this the correct situation with the um with the lockers doesn't significantly impact because the the thing about this is you have lockers and you have beds and they're assigned to the same room the barracks so you kind of naturally or I certainly assumed and I maybe it's not so naturally but I kind of assumed that beds were the important thing you need to make sure that people have got space to sleep in. But actually, I guess it makes sense that they can share beds and they definitely need storage space. Is that how we're supposed to have thought about this in in solving that problem? I don't know. Very we don't. You didn't. You did the tutorial, and it didn't actually tell you that you needed to create lockers in order to get minions. I did do. A barracks as part of the tutorial and the tutorial was was quite it was very much there's like an info dump and during the info dump you couldn't do anything apart from listen to the info dump and then you had to do the thing it told you to do and then you'd then get another info dump and do the thing it told you to do i think by the time i had to build the barracks i'd kind of zoned out a bit as to what i was supposed to be doing i was just doing the thing i was being told oh, oh okay so it's a little bit your fault mm. oh no guilty as charged <laughs> yeah okay um uh, yeah. While you're doing that, though, I mean, we've come into it hard in the second half. I do still like the game. I want to make that clear. There are some very good things about it. Yeah, I think that it's not it's not a bad game at all. And actually, the way that it's presented still feels like it holds up. It's not it's not a bad game even now. No, even by even by modern standards. It's got a really nice cartoony style. I like the the breeziness of it and the, the animations on some of the characters are really nice. It's very very polished. You pointed out if you zoom in far enough, you can eavesdrop on the minions and henchmen talking, and it is very very similar to Simlish, which is a nice touch. It very definitely sounds like Simlish. Yeah, whether that's um, you know okay or not is another question, but. You know, it, it it's it was it was definitely zeitgeisty at the time, mm. two thousand and four. I think we were waiting on Sims three at that point, two thousand and four. Uh, so it was a bit later than that, wasn't it? I so we so. we had Sims two by that point, I I think, and everyone was on it. The game is also very accessible. We both commented on how within about say half an hour or so of playing it, we were opening option menus and we were doing this and doing that with with ease of stuff that initially i was a bit overwhelmed with like well there's quite a lot going on here and it it's structured in a way that that does get you into it pretty easily which is a, a big bonus yeah. as well yeah it's it's very very accessible mm. there's no complaints there at all and the style of it the atomic age as i mentioned the first half style of it i i do think is is really nicely done there's the the main menu there's some really lovely animations that are very reminiscent of intros to different james bond films which i thought were, were pretty cool as well yep absolutely in in game though just like the like everything about it like ui wise and and stylistically is is very well considered and well executed but even the in-game graphics, it feels like it's had... In 2004, if I was playing this, I'd have been pretty damn impressed. Mm. And I'm I'm looking at it now and thinking, well, this still does what it needs to do and, yeah. and then some. Yeah. It's still really performing highly. And the music as well. The music is very reminiscent of The Incredibles, which itself is leaning to the Atomic Age aesthetic as well. So yeah, the, the music by James Hannigan, uh, shout out to that. It is really, really good. 
Yep, I didn't listen so much to the music. Oh, I was you? a bit oh, lost in there. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I had it on, but I turned it down so that I could hear oh. you because I, I obviously I couldn't see you, um, which wasn't ideal. But um, mm. because because that's another thing. So I I think what this comes down to is this game is um a good game, well packaged, but it lacks some quality of life improvements that maybe they just hadn't considered at the time so uh, the, the reason that i'm saying sort of summarizing it in that way is because one of the ones that it lacks is having a windowed mode i can't play this windowed and and also see you at the same time um the uh the placement I, i'm placing all these lockers i've placed a bunch of lockers down and actually one of the small niggles that i found was that you can't sort of clone place items yeah. you have to each time you have to select it from the menu and then place it down select it from the menu and place it down select and and over and over again so when you're placing a lot of a thing um it can feel a little bit much i think that's comparable with man sims of the time though yeah i think it is as well i i don't mean to say that that is like a, a thing that only plagues mm. this game because it's absolutely not but um, yeah, it's still st- still notable, still worth I think saying, hmm. given that um, everything else is so well done. To to have those quality of life improvements in this in in twenty twenty three would be nice, but obviously you know we can't. Maybe we could. I don't know how to do it, but maybe someone can mod them in. Or maybe they're fulfilled by uh, Evil Genius 2, which I have played, <laughs> but I can't remember very well. Maybe. Uh, has the has putting the lockers, has that impacted on your minion count? Well, let me put it this way. I've gone from having 23 minions to 57 minions. Wow. So 58 this, minions. So that is the secret, is that minions love a locker. Yeah, that seems to be the the secret. I've 59 minions. Every Every new locker gives me a new minion. So and now, I've got $31,000 now, so I reckon I could send out a bunch of these minions and start really raking it in. Exactly, I was about to say, now you've got that number of minions, that really beefy number, you can do a lot very quickly. So that is the secret to kind of getting the ball rolling, I suppose. Yeah, I can't believe we overlooked this, really. That's, well, it, that's it, not great, is it? It does seem a bit bonkers that lockers equals minions. I assumed, as you said, that beds equals minions because you're going to need somewhere to sleep. Maybe it's like a submarine where they... They sort of roll in, roll out in terms of who sleep in the bed and share the bed, not like that. Yeah, I I think that is the way that you're supposed to think about it, but it just right. never occurred to me, which is, you know, maybe my fault, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it would be nice if that was explained, I guess. One thing that I was quite not surprised about, but one thing that I, I did notice was that the game is fairly dry for a game in this sort of style that is a bit tongue-in-cheek and its yeah. approach to, to spies and the fact you are a, a bad guy. Theme Hospital and Dungeon Keeper, which were games I, were, I was playing kind of contemporaneously to this and leading up to this as a Manson fan, Theme Hospital more so have that sense of humour. Dungeon Keeper does have funny bits, but it's not quite as funny, I think. This is very down the line. Yeah, it it is in a quite a surprising way because yeah. it feels like it's trying to reach for comedy but never really quite getting there. And especially when you compare it because it was definitely um again part of the zeitgeist, the idea that these that simulation games or or management games um had a bit of a, a tongue in their cheek 
was definitely the thing. You know, we we had things like black and white, um, the movies, which you've already mentioned previously. They both played with what they were doing and tried to inject a, a, a degree of humour into the affair. I just don't really... Certainly, if it is there here, I'm not getting it. I can't think of anything, to be honest, that made me even so much as do a, a, a wry smile. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. Well, there we go. Right, so an update then. I've oh, now yep. got th- 13 people, 13 minions um, in the the northern part. Well, sorry, it's the Midwest of America. I've got another five going out to Russia to join the five that are there. And I've got about $10,000 coming in every 60 seconds, which uh, makes things a little bit That's a lot healthier. Yeah. So my money's racking up now a lot quicker. Where's your evil genius at this point while you're playing it? I've camped him out in the control room. Yeah, that's what I did as well. With the idea being that if he is there, then hopefully they will feel the need to be there as well and, and man in the command centers. Well, there's a nice feature I found through one of the tutorials was the, the what's called the sphere of influence. So your character has the, the the circle around them and minions that are within that circle get a bit of energy boost and will their productivity will mm. increase. So I, I like that. I, that's kind of a funny idea, I guess, the, the literal sphere of influence. So yeah, it does make sense to have them in the control room for that exact reason. Did you notice that if you have captured somebody, you can send your uh, big boss to laugh at them in the cell? No, I didn't. No, because I, I just have mine so, in the control room. We've just given it a bit of a a bit of a drubbing about its lack of humour, but maybe there's a degree of humour in in that, and there's a possibility. I suppose the caveat we should we should pop on it is always that we have limited amounts of time mm. to be able to really delve into it. So maybe we're missing out on some humour that is actually there. Maybe. There are there are sort of nods to it. I, I'm wondering whether it's there or possibly whether they wanted it and it's just not landing for us. Yeah, there was one thing about with the captured people, actually, now you said that, that, that um, your minions can go or henchmen can go and, and laugh at them while they're being tortured or something, which... Yeah. Funny, maybe? Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know whether it's just not landing where we... Maybe. Yep, there you go. Is there anything I just want to say about the game then before I move into Evil Genius 2, which you have touched upon briefly? Nope. Nope. Okay. So, I mentioned in the first half that Rebellion Developments took over Elixir's IPs in 2005 when Elixir deceased. Uh, Rebellion... So, you, said, you did say that. I just want to interject here because Rebellion mm-hmm. are listed in the trademarks for this game for evil genius is that when, so what was their link to is that because we're playing on steam and maybe because they now own it maybe it has to be something within the the iteration on steam it's it's listed as rebellion 2004 huh i don't know okay <laughs> i don't know should we find out i guess all right well you maybe find I'll... out while I, I talk about rebellion rebellion developments is the gaming arm of Rebellion Publishing, which is the company that owns 2000 AD, including the Judge Dredd uh, franchise. And they have done lots of licensed stuff, mostly on handhelds, but a few other bits and bobs as well. For example, games based on Mission Impossible, The Mummy, and Miami Vice. Mm. And 
when they took over the IP in 2005, they then started work on the sequel. There was some sort of stuff, some mutterings were, were happening with the sequel. But in the interim, because the sequel's come out relatively recently, um, in 2010, December 2010 specifically, they released a free-to-play version called Evil Genius WMD for Facebook. Which yeah, is I just saw that. One of those kind of Farmville type games that that was mm. quite prolific on Facebook around that sort of time. I think that probably was tapping into what we talked about with the money situation. One of those where you, I've never played Farmville, so I don't know. But I think it's one of those where you do something, then have to wait in order to do it because that Farmville was based on kind of trying to get your friends involved. And was it that the more friends were playing it, the better it reflects on you or something? Or have I made that up? No idea. No. I've n- never touched Farmville or any of any of that. Um brand of game for better or worse no i must have made that up completely they also made a game called evil genius online which was released for ios android and also facebook as well which was a mmo version of evil genius okay um neither of these iterations reviewed particularly well so i didn't really look into them uh, very much and then evil genius 2 came out in march 2021 it was initially going to come out a bit sooner but the uh the big bug put pay to it for a little bit and the most interesting thing i could find out about that was that there's a character called red ivan who is presumably like a, a russian dictator style character that's voiced by brian Blessed. yeah all oh, right okay so i did play evil genius 2 when it came out because it did come i think it came straight to game pass it was um straight onto game pass I do not really remember very much about it other than that it was very similar to what I um thought um this game Evil Genius was in the first place so yeah I'm assuming that it's some of those things that I've touched on quality of life wise that it might have actually addressed some of those is is it one of these um, games where is there much different between in your hazy recollection of both games? Is there much different between the first one and the second one, or is it the second one is very similar, just given a bit of a lick of paint and had yeah, a few... that's what I was trying to say that I maybe didn't didn't right. say very clearly, but yeah, I feel like it was a sort of a remaster rather than a okay a sequel. I but then I didn't spend all that much time with it because I wasn't. I wasn't taken in by it. Mm. Uh, it wasn't a compelling offering. But then, as we said, that this first one is actually pretty good in in and of itself. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and if our discussion of it in this episode has piqued anyone's interest, uh, before we loop back to Ashley's rebellion development research, she's doing. Um, Evil Genius. Oh, you don't need to loop back round to that because I couldn't find it in the oh. moment that I've had to to look there sorry enough. i'll move on to the pricing then evil genius is available at the time of recording it's seven pounds on steam it's eight pounds 29 on good old games but it's regularly down to like one pound 20 on both of them i think that's the sort of price i picked it up for on steam it uh, the second one is on steam for 35 pounds and the deluxe edition is 55 pounds which includes a number of dlc packs including strangely a crossover with portal yeah yeah okay fine yeah. Uh, but but as you as ashley has said it is also available on game pass so there you go yeah. yep definitely try it out there if you have the option well since i've just before we've recorded uh bought me some game pass yeah you have yeah first time uh with it as well haven't you try me some power, power simulator based on last week and now i can try some evil genius too how exciting 
Yeah. yeah. That'd be all right. Yeah. Cool. Is and that what, sorry, is that what you're going to try first? Power Wash Simulator and Evil Genius 2? Well, no, but I've got, I, the, I've got the option. I don't think that that would be a terrible combo. <laughs> a terrible duo. Yeah, go no, for it. I, I don't I know. I'm, I'm going to be like a kid in some sort of shop. Like, oh, I'll get that, I'll get that, I'll get that. Which is obviously the, the whole point. A kid in some sort of shop. Is, yeah. Isn't it sweet shop? I think a kid in some sort of That's shop. That's usually I, I, where people go. I think it's a Simpsons quote. Or maybe, oh, fam, maybe okay. fam, Family Guy. I think it's one of the oh, right. I see. strong to remember. And then in my head, that that's, has written over the actual phrase. Right. Okay. Good cool. times. Right. Thank you for listening to our Evil Genius episode. Um, if you enjoyed it, remember to come join us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. Next week is episode 150, and multiple of 10 means we're going to be doing a game that we have never, ever played. Yeah. Thank you again for sticking around, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Farewell. Farewell.